Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? hey <laughs> Yeah, I'm back, baby. We're recording on a rather, a rather balmy uh, Tuesday afternoon. I'm having a lovely time, to be quite frank. I'm, I'm a little bit uh, tired. I spent the weekend in a, a really fancy um, sort of stately home, uh, Cliveden House. It's where the Profumo affair uh, was exposed. You know, the uh, Christine Keeler uh, kind of... Remember that that Tory MP got in trouble for uh, for, 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 for seeing... A, <laughs> that was, a, a, that um, was before for, my time, surely. For seeing... It was before my time too, Chris. Uh, the Pro- Profumo not... affair. It, 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 it destroyed a government. Bloody hell. Bit of of historic knowledge there after you some historic knowledge. But yeah, I would but it 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 was a sort of place where I'm not comfortable. I'm really not comfortable uh, sort of surrounded by uh, money uh, and 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 nice nice I can't have nice things basically, Chris. I am I'm much more at home in an absolute dump. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, lovely. Drove down there. Sat sat next to a pool for a a day or two. It was lovely. Absolutely cracking. Went went uh, on a boat ride. Love a boat ride. Love oh, wow. any possibility where I'm going to fall into some water. Very exciting to me. Bloody hell. You've, your weekend sounds a lot more productive and fun than mine. Yeah. What did you get up to? Oh, Sorting out your wall. studio. I very much studio, enjoyed yeah. showing out your studio. That's what that's what that's what you're saying. You're doing. I very much enjoyed your picture where you look like um, Louis Spence from uh, Pineapple Dance Studio announcing his new Pineapple <laughs> Dance Studio. Is there enough room to sort of swing a cat in there? It's, it's very uh, capacious. You should make that your new house. It's. I mean, it's a good. It's a good size. I. It's. It's almost too big. That's that's mm. the stupidest thing I've ever said. It's too right. good. Um, it's no, it's like it's too smashing with, with a film space. I don't know. You feel like you want sort of a room where you can pad the walls and whatnot. And the problem is because it is one big kind of room. It's not divided mm. into rooms. It does right. have a nasty echo, and I'm going to have to really battle hard to get rid of that. I'm going to have to sort of mm. put padding everywhere. And I've got so far what I've got in there is a whiteboard. I've got a big mm. whiteboard. Got a big whiteboard um, for drawing all my incredible ideas. On, on the whiteboard. I have no ideas. The whiteboard's very much blank at the moment. And I've got an L-shaped sofa, so I can mm. sit on the sofa. I've always wanted an L-shaped sofa, and now I have. 
and I feel very happy about that. <laughs> and uh, I also got a projector because it, it just I just thought it'd be useful to have a projector, not just to watch yeah. things, but also to like project things onto a wall or like use them, you know, as a sort of backdrop for videos. And I'm really impressed what you can get for a projector. I think it was about fifteen hundred dollars or something, but uh, it goes to one hundred twenty inches. And the quality is really good. It's 4K. It's kind of portable. It's got a speaker built into it and really Chris, quite Chris, Chris. bloody awesome. I mean, you are so into this print, uh, this uh, projector right now. You said those exact same words on uh, last week's, on one of last week's show. You oh, are God, so impressed. You, uh, you are so impressed by how good the short throw projector uh, technology has come on. You're so excited by it. And I, look, I am here for it. I am here for it. Um, if I could uh, offer you one uh, bit of advice um, on the whole echoing front, you could spend all your time kind of uh, uh, proofing it. Uh, acoustically proofing it, and that's that's probably an idea. Just get just get one of those Shure SM7B mics. Big fan of those. Um, Is this some mate... sort of conspiracy at the moment? You, what do you I, mean? in the last three days, three people have spoken to me about that bloody microphone. Because I've had you, Chris, I've had Connor, and I've had my other friend yeah. Pete, American Pete. They're all like, yeah. "Oh yeah, sure, SMB seven five one, whatever the hell it it's is." It's because it's because it's really good at removing uh, echoes, uh, but it does right. mean you really have to chomp the mic. You really have to eat the mic. You really have to get very very close is to that the what you're mic using now. No, that's not what I'm using now. I'm using a very cheap yeah. thirty quid uh, Morantz Podpack uh, <laughs> right. one. In, 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 inexplicably, I've got you know thousands of pounds of uh, recording uh, equipment in this uh, in the stack headquarters studios, uh, and I've just taken because it's easier for me to edit. I'm just going to be using this Morantz Podpack thirty quid mic. So look, if people are sort of listening and they're sort of like, oh, how can I get started with content creation, podcast, whatever? A Morantz mic will do if you've got a small room. Uh, but if you've got a more echoey room, uh, you might want to spend a bit more on uh, one of those uh, one of those sure uh, mics because my friend's uh, has got a very uh, reflective kitchen. He it says it's worked wonders on him. I've noticed Trash Taste use, uh, use them as well. They do, uh, yeah. And it looks like they've got quite an echoey room as well. So uh, look, mm. I'm just giving you advice for tech advice, all right? Tech advice, mate. You don't need a sure SMB7, whatever it is to make content you just need an iphone p just an iPhone. that's, <laughs> that's what, what they tell you that's, that's what they you tell know. you i, yeah. I feel I've, there's all these videos spring up these days with their youtubers calling out other youtubers who talk about how you, you like all youtubers say oh you know it's all about the content you don't need a camera that's good yeah. and uh still a lot of hypocrisy. i wonder if i'm <laughs> as guilty of that as anyone you know have i what have i said i think in the past i've said you could do it with a with an iphone Mm. Uh, I suppose most TikTok creators use just an iPhone, and they're yeah. successful and brilliant. But uh, and, and and the attenuation of a, of an iPhone uh, microphone is very good. Like it's designed is it? to be used by someone who's not really close to the mic. It's designed to pick up everything everything it can. Um, mm. I, I would say that uh, I've been very impressed. I bought a Sony A six thousand kind of secondhand camera. Uh, to be used as a as basically like a well effectively a streaming camera for for, for stuff like this, and uh, I was very impressed with the uh, output mm. of that and 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 what it looks like. Um, and it it was like I think mine was like two hundred fifty quid on eBay. Um, Is that it? Yeah, lovely old job. Yeah. Well, I suppose we're at a point now where like you can get a good secondhand camera for a few hundred pounds mm. that uh, yeah. is head and shoulders above what most YouTubers used to use. Like I started this on a very old. Uh, Canon camera that barely had mm. microphone in it that worked. So, right. yeah, I don't know. Like the bar is a bit higher for production quality these days to succeed on YouTube. But I think for under a thousand dollars, you can still get all the equipment you need to make it happen. 
or even under no under five hundred dollars, you can get a decent camera and microphone to make it work. Yeah, and never. So I'm saying you've got no excuses, but, but, Pete. But if you're if you're someone who's sort of focused on video, and, and when we work with um, creators who've, who've who've been on like TikTok and YouTube and stuff and Instagram and stuff like that, sound is always the last thing they sort of worry about. They always yeah. concentrate on the visuals. They always concentrate on the camera angles. They always concentrate on the lighting, but they forget about the sound. And and I I, I would argue that uh, some of the re- some of the some of the reasons that you guys probably enjoy Chris's content. I don't want to blow his trumpet uh, because I'm sure he can blow it himself uh, <laughs> as and when is necessary. But I think a lot of the uh, charm of Chris's work is that uh, you can actually hear what the hell is going on and the, the sound uh, the sound production is is, is nice. nice a lot of effort goes into it but like I, yeah. I, yeah, I swear that's the falling down point of a lot of people yeah. in the world of YouTube that are just starting the so remember that folks there. if you start a YouTube career have a good microphone for $30 mm-hmm. and yeah always make that a priority they mm-hmm. say you uh, you know they say that uh, bad video image is acceptable but bad audio quality is just unforgivable so Bear that in mind. We've got a story here, and I'm not sure who it's from, because there's no name on it. Yes, there is. It's Jose. Yes, there is. Konnichiwa, Chris and Pete. I'm Jose Chavez from San Diego, and I've been a huge fan since May 2019. I've followed all the videos in the podcast, not live streams, though, because of the time difference. <laughs> anyway, I'd like to share my first Sento uh, public bath experience. I went to study in Kyoto, Japan for a month in July. And during the weekends, I'd go to different cities with a few classmates. We went to stay in Shin Osaka one weekend. And on our way back, my friend Elijah uh, and I, Elias and I started to, uh, decided to stop at Shintoku Sento in Osaka. I think I've been there. This might be the bad one where Ooh. I had a bad experience. We had to find a <laughs> tattoo-friendly Sento, uh, and this was the closest with my friend and my limited elementary Japanese, we managed to pass the front lady and go into the lockers. Uh, however, we had no idea what to do in the locker room. We looked around us, lost, until a large and tall Japanese man came up to us to help. Let's say the language barrier no longer existed. He grabbed my shirt and started to lift it up with force. <laughs> and by reflex, I quickly pushed down, but I knew what he meant. He did the same for my pants, and I quickly lifted them up. <laughs> Bloody hell, this... It's pretty dicey. Uh, He went inside to bathe. My friend and I got naked, putting our clothes in the lockers. I was still shocked that a six foot, 250 pound Japanese man had just tried to take my shirt and pants off at a bathing house. (laughs) Anyhow, we walked inside and sat down to shower before going inside the bath. We kept washing and washing with the shower. And I looked to see if the large man with Yakuza-like tattoos, uh, he was just sitting there. He just wouldn't go. This reminded me a lot of a scene in Tokyo Drift. I still haven't seen Tokyo Drift. Is it good, Pete? Mm. Uh, no, I've never watched any of the... Uh, right, we need to watch that. But everyone says they're very, very good and and not even a guilty pleasure, just good. I'll bear that in mind. I've heard bad things about Tokyo Drift, but I'll give it a chance. <laughs> After a while, the man got out of the bath and while walking out, he patted my back and pointed to the bath. That was our cue to go in. First time in Japan, first time at Asento. This was the best... Uh, a most nerve-wracking experience I've ever had. Have you ever had a sketchy onsen or sento experience? All the best, guys. Jose from San Diego. Have I you had a sketchy experience, just, Pete? <laughs> no, I really haven't. I like the in in that I've only been to a couple, and one of them was just in the hotel. I just like the fact that uh, oh dear, I just like the fact that uh, he's just getting <laughs> sort of molested into doing the the bathhouse thing. Like you know, take your oh. clothes off, get in here. Well, you know, it's, it's sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't explain. If you got, if you got no English, um, and you have to just tell them what to do, may as well just grab them by force. <laughs> I mean, I think 
Jose Chilling. took that pretty well. Like a lot of other yeah. people might have uh, might have been oh, the, yeah. the beginning of an altercation. Mm. Um, I, I I went to a my first year in Japan. I went to a public bath in Osaka at like two a.m. Uh, it was a twenty four hour one, and I had some mm. weird stalker guy that wouldn't leave me alone. He kept like following me around from bath to bath, and uh, yeah, it really wasn't fun. So it sort of put me <laughs> off going to uh, public bath places in Osaka at that time of night. I haven't been back since. Don't know. <laughs> I didn't know what to make of it, but uh, yeah, he he got, I, there was a big bath I got in it and he just, there was like no one else around and I was in this mm. massive bath, right? Um, that and you could sit anywhere in there and he came in yeah. and he sat right down really close to me and started talking and <laughs> I thought he was just being friendly at first. Like, oh, maybe it's a foreigner. So he just wants to say hello <laughs> and have a chat, but he didn't. And he, I sort of left that bath, went to another one and he just sort of followed me there. And he kept following me around from bath to bath. Just wants a chat, mate. Just wants a sexy bath chat. Yeah, I I felt like maybe it was some sort of hookup point. Actually, the the bath (laughs) I went into it quickly dawned on me uh, that it might be some sort of hookup because he was sort of gesturing for us to leave, and I was like, no, 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 I'm just here. Maybe it did look a bit shady going this like pretty rough bath place at two a.m. in the middle of Osaka. Maybe things happen there. I don't know. But he he was sort of like, let's go, and I was like, no. I think there's been some pretty big miscommunication here. But uh, yeah, bear that in mind. If you go to Osaka Sento, uh, there's some interesting characters, whether it's Yakuza or the man that I met. But uh, there you go. <laughs> bear in mind, though, that Sento, there's a, there's a slight difference. I think onsen is a, just means hot spring, right? Mm. And onsen are sort of the more romantic places that you typically find out in the mountains. Whereas a sento just means public bath. And a lot of them do use onsen hot spring water. Um, mm. But also it's just a sort of culture that exists where you can go to a public bathhouse. Um, and they're, they're nice. I've only done it once in one video, I think. And that was the 24 hours in Kagoshima video. The last video on the original journey across Japan. So if you want to see what a public bath looks like, go and check that out. Because it was kind of cool. They have the nice tiles, right? Sort of awesome tiles. I'm sure you've seen it in a Yakuza video game, Pete. Sure <laughs> That's my only. Right? Look, as as me traveling to Japan is a, is a, is becoming further and further away from something I'm going to experience, I've got to get my Japanese fix from somewhere. To be quite frank, <laughs> is there a mini we've game got, we have to? We've got harass we've got aggressive, foreigners coming in. Yeah, I mean, we, we've got aggressive bathhouses here. I'm sure I could find that, but um, <laughs> yeah. They <wouldn't>. Oh, <laughs> hey, uh, Chris, have you heard this amazing news story? I, I genuinely, we, we talk about on this show quite a lot, um, inclusivity and uh, how difficult it is for uh, disabled people uh, to, to get around some of the busiest cities and stuff. Mm. But uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a robot cafe that is uh, has just opened in, in Tokyo, and it's one I would very, very much like to support and very much uh, like to visit. Um, basically, there are a uh, there's a normal cafe as you as you you know walk off any kind of there's a car any kind of cafe uh, but instead of having human uh, greeters they've got uh, mm. robot waiters uh, now that's something that huh. we've heard of a th- countless times millions of times before it never uh, works on this well. show in Japan never works well it, it it always lacks that um you know that little bit of specific uh, personal touch that only a human can uh, bring you but dawn cafe's robots are more than a gimmick more than uh, more than uh, just a little bit of of, of silly Raff to enchant a tourist who thinks Japan's all about the future and robots and stuff. Uh, these robots are actually remote controlled, huh. uh, a piece of technology 
offering job opportunities to people who, who can't work outside the home. Uh, so basically, uh, they, they do this case study in, in, in this news piece about this, uh, this cafe. And uh, basically, all of these robots are controlled by people who are uh, like tele-remoting, tele-controlling them from other parts of Japan. Now, um, these kind of robots are controlled by uh, one of around 50 to 60 employees with physical and mental disabilities who work as the um, pilots for all of these these robots, in inverted commas, in the same way that Robot Wars is very much just a load of remote control (laughs) cars being controlled by people like Chris Brown. Um, Basically, this cafe uh, that was supposed to open last year to coincide with the Paralympics, it's open now, uh, which co- coincided with this year's Paralympics, which is great. Mm. Um, the, the machines are called Orihime, uh, and they've got cameras, a microphone, and a speaker, and it basically allows people who can't leave the home uh, to work remotely uh, and control these hmm. kind of piloted uh, robots. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's there's some of these people who, who can't even move at all. They're the people who have got um, – who, who, who have got that uh, – Amyotrophic, amyotrophic rather, latrosclerosis, who use eye movements on a digital panel to send signals to the robot. So, so these are people who aren't even controlling them with their hands. Uh, it's 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 the brainchild of this guy called Kentaro Yoshifuji, uh, mm. a bloke who co-founded this laboratory that makes the robots. And he had a bit of bad health when he was a kid. Uh, he wasn't able to go to school and he felt very kind of withdrawn and, and subdued about the whole situation. And he began thinking about ways to bring people into the workforce if they can't leave their home. And, and yeah, the, 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 this cafe is uh, open in Tokyo uh, and everyone's loving it to be quite frank it's absolutely amazing and 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 um the the since Tokyo won the bid to host the games, uh, mm. this guy uh, and and the actual um, the actual organisation in it in, in in Sport Japan, they've tried to sort of help uh, companies to make public facilities more accessible for uh, disabled people, uh, but the inclusion still remains limited. And it's and there's a non profit in, in Central Japan's IT. I'm just reading the piece here. It supports employment for people with disabilities. It's the sort of thing that we don't see enough in this country, uh, and it's certainly something you don't see enough uh, in Japan. But it's an incredible opportunity for people who can't move leave their homes to uh, be in gainful employment, control these robots with their eyes or their hands, and and, and talk and and talk to uh, what, people who visit the cafe. Presumably, it's Pepper the robot, the SoftBank robot, right? That's that's used. No, I don't think so. I think it's like these kind of like bespoke uh, little oh, wow, kind of yeah. uh, wheelie robots that go that go around. It's uh, it, it, it's it's fascinating stuff. It I mean, really I is. think only last week we talked about how Japan's robot culture isn't as cool as a lot of people think. Like it's mm. it really hasn't lived up to the hype that we've seen Japan receive, and it's when it comes to robots over the last sort of two to three decades. But uh, this is very exciting. I I've heard I've heard of not only this now, but also um, a cafe that opened up. It might be the same one, actually. I've yet to go to it. That is run by Pepper the Robots in Shibuya. Right. Um, but Pepper's a bit rubbish, to put it bluntly, because <laughs> it's automated, right? But it doesn't yes. work that well. So this is quite a good idea, right? Taking a robot and then having it operated by a human, it could probably be actually a lot more useful, right? Because it can actually mm. really interact with people. Um, yeah. But that's incredible. 800 kilometers away. This person was in Hiroshima, right? And they're controlling a robot all the way, 800 kilometers away in central Tokyo and serving someone a baguette or something. 
It's amazing. <laughs> it's the future. But no, that is future, seriously quite cool. Baguette, baguette delivery from 800 miles away. Yeah, it's, it's true. I, I, I just think it's a, it's a really lovely story, uh, an important story, and, and it's something that we should see more of because robots are so called. They're, they're all artificial intelligence. They're all just mm. hellos and goodbyes and there's your dinner. Um, <laughs> I think uh, giving people a, a little bit of... Uh, of control back and 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 give them a, a reason to get up in the morning. Or, I mean, absolutely, figuratively, if not physically, uh, is a wonderful and, and beautiful thing. So more of that, please. It reminds me of that news story that came out the other week of the old uh, the Tesla robot. You seen Elon Musk's greatest new plan? The Do you Tesla get the feeling that guy's thing? running out of ideas? Do you get the feeling that <laughs> uh, the the love affair with that man may be uh, drawing to a How close? Dare you. We're best Panicking. friends. I'm best friends Panicking. with Elon Musk because I met him once. And so we're definitely friends. <laughs> I think it's more of a PR stunt, personally. I think, you know, it's quite easy to drum up some PR when you're in his position. That's why he does a lot of stuff on Twitter. Well, I mean, bearing but, uh, in mind that the, the robot that they actually showed was just a man in a suit dancing about. He's, he's the meme monster. He just thinks it's, everything's a fucking joke. But his share price will suffer eventually. Eventually. It was, <laughs> it was a weird move. It was more like an announcement. And you think they might as well just have waited another year, then announce it when they've actually built it. But the mm. robot they're building at Tesla, the Tesla bot, is uh, <laughs> supposed to do menial tasks that normal humans wouldn't want to do, and uh, it's designed to be non-threatening. Right? It can it can it can move slower than a human, and it's supposed to be designed to be overpowered by humans, so as not to end up like <laughs> iRobot, the incredible Will Smith film from two thousand and three. I just want to overpower a robot. <laughs> you what? I just want to overpower a robot in a bathhouse. That would be quite fun. Sexy. Like Boston uh... Dynamics. <laughs> And their robots getting smashed to pieces. I don't know. Yeah. I quite want a robot. I want to buy a robot. Where can you get a robot, Pete? Well, you're probably in the right place compared to where I live, for crying out loud. <laughs> I don't know about that. Robot Wars. You've got Robot Wars there. We've got nothing. <laughs> I'm going to try and find a robot. I want to. I was speaking to Jerry the other week of doing a sequel to Too Much Volcano. Our hit. Mm. iTunes hit. And I said, wouldn't it be cool to get some robots and put them in a music video on the Tatori sand dunes and have like Natsuki dancing around with the robots? And Joey said yes, and then I, then I realised this is probably a lot more complicated than I thought it would be, <laughs> because Totori's so damn far away, amongst yeah. other reasons. But uh, too much robot or too much robot could be good. <laughs> I know. I feel. I just. I love robots. There's something cool about them. I'm going to go to this cafe though. I'm going to track it down. Um, yeah. Do you know where it is in Tokyo? It doesn't say. Does I it? don't. That wasn't in the. That wasn't in the news piece. But uh, yeah, just uh, look for uh, the machines Orihime. Or Dawn's Cafe in Tokyo. Dawn's Cafe. There you go. I'll yeah. check out Dawn's Cafe. Check it out, beautiful mate. Beautiful idea. Beautiful, beautiful concept. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back with your questions in a moment in the Fax Machine. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot forward slash Japan. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? We got a message uh, from Tom in Rotherham, great part of the world, big fan of the Rov. Uh, hi, both. Is there a Japanese equivalent to something like Weatherspoons or Toby Carvery? Not doing the exact same things as them, but a chain of bars that can be found in most places where the price and quality, or lack of, is consistent. Tom, Rotherham, yes, of course there is. It's the hub, isn't it, Chris? Every town. It is. How would Every you describe Weatherspoons or Toby Carvery to everyone listening who's not from the United Kingdom? It's an artificial intelligence. If you sort of explain to a <laughs> robot what a pub was and they, that's what they spit out. Well, their snacks are not crisps and peanuts. They are um, deep fried um, deep fried dried spaghetti and stuff like that. It's just like, what is, what is happening here? What is happening here? <laughs> I mean, Weatherspoons is like the cheapest pub chain in the UK. And Toby Carvery, which I miss dearly, is a for about six pounds you can get an all you can eat style buffet of roast a roast dinner Yorkshire puddings chicken lamb <laughs> the whole roast lot potatoes. God I miss it I miss that like that's a top five thing I miss um, yeah here we've got hub we've got izakaya chains a few Japanese pub chains like uh, Tori Kizoku which is like a yakitori style chain they're all right they get their job done mm. I don't I only go there as a last resort. But I think that's probably the closest thing, Tori Kizoku or Hub. Um, We've got one here from Marcus Costello. says, hi, Chris and Pete. I've only discovered your work recently, but I've become a massive fan of your work. I hope to visit Japan one day, and I've become to teach myself Japanese using Duolingo. My question for you is, are there different accents in the Japanese language? Does Japanese sound uh, slightly different from prefecture to prefecture or city compared to rural areas? Keep up the brilliant work. All the best, guys. Marcus. I, you know what, I I suck at hearing uh, or picking up different accents in Japanese. What I will say is, in the countryside, typically, and in certain prefectures, like uh, Yamagata, where I used to live, they've got sort of a, an accent that is often ridiculed and is seen as being backwards, mm. like a sort of peasant-like dialect, I think they refer to it as. Um, but Natsuki doesn't have it. Natsuki's actually got quite a nice accent. He's got a sort of Tokyo-esque accent like in the same way we've got real pronunciation 
like royal or like the Queen's Queen's English, right, in the UK. Japan's equivalent is the Tokyo dialect, really, the standard mm. Tokyo dialect. And then it places like Osaka have a, a a slight difference, but I can't really tell it. It's often different words and things. Um like uh I'm trying to think of a word like uh in Osaka, for example, they'll say like Nanistana, Nanistana, like what are you doing? Hmm. When uh, whereas in Tokyo it'd be like Nanisteru, Nanisteru no. Yeah. Osaka. Nice um, so the, the subtle tr- differences. You were trying to teach me some uh, Osaka dialect, weren't you, in uh, America Mura? The, uh, I did, they did, yeah, the locals, locals did in the video. <laughs> yeah, that's they, quite good, actually. Because I knew a mate who sort of comes from sort of somewhere in between Kyoto and uh, Osaka, and she was saying that um, Osaka dialect is uh, very bouncy. It's like an, it's like Italian almost, and you can tell the sort of kind of difference the mm, different way they talk mm. a little bit. But that's the only one. That's the only deviation I've kind of uh, spotted really. I quite like I quite like the Osaka dialect. It feels kind of warm and bouncy, mm. which are yeah. two words that really don't work when describing an accent. <laughs> but like, if you want to see Pete and I break down cultural barriers and discover new words, and Pete teach people. A whole a, the culture of Hartlepool, the people of Osaka. Yeah. Go and check out our, our Osaka video. I love that moment. That was a, that was a personal highlight yeah, from Jonas across fun. Japan, chatting with really those cool fun. the cool kids of Osaka in America Town. Mm. That was good fun. That <laughs> good. Over to you. Um, over to me. Uh, hello to uh, Gab. Gab. Oh no, it. Yeah, yeah. Gab from the Philippines. Uh, hey guys, I have a pressing matter about restaurants. Is it considered rude to bring your own reusable chopsticks when you're in a restaurant? I managed to find some nice blue ones to discourage my own use of the disposable kind. However, I was worried that Japanese restaurants would think their chopsticks to be part of the service, and that by using my own, uh, it would imply that I look down on their own utensils. Gab from the Philippines. Oh, interesting. I, I, I mean, it would be like bringing your own fork to a restaurant in the Western. <laughs> it would be a bit odd. I don't think i've ever seen anyone do it in japan and i honestly yeah. i don't know i think some people might be offended in the same way that uh, you're not supposed to rub your wooden chopsticks together because it would indicate they're cheap wooden chopsticks mm. in the restaurant right um most restaurants won't care but you never know that's why it's, it's rude to do it like we do that don't we when we go into like a, a restaurant in the uk serving anything with chopsticks we sort of give them a cheeky rub to get the cheeky rub, <laughs> to get the bloody shavings off the chopsticks because there's bits and pieces <laughs> falling off the damn chopsticks more often than not, and yeah. it's seen as a bit rude here because you're sort of saying, "Oh, this place is cheap and they have cheap chopsticks," which more often than not they do, and you should bloody <laughs> do it because they're falling off to pieces. But uh, I think, I think, uh, I think it's good for the environment. So yeah, do it and let me know mm. how you get on. But <laughs> I, I'll I, punch in the face. I haven't seen anyone do it, so I, I, I think that that alone tells you um, how maybe it would go down. I think mm. a sense of bewilderment, perhaps they'll be like, "Oh, they might not even notice." Doing? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm quite keen to find out. I'd get, I'd bring like really big long ones that are like three times the the, the size, and I just steal food off people's plates. <laughs> the Pete Donaldson strategy. Yeah, a terrorist, a food terrorist. <laughs> so he comes in the restaurant. Watch your plates, ladies and gentlemen. Because he's going to steal everything. Uh, <laughs> keep the stories, questions, comments coming into Brawn Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days to do it all over again. But for now, guys, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you right back here. Do it all over again on the Brawn Japan podcast. Bye for now.
Fan is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.